Hello, I'm John, the executive producer here at Final Show Films. I got a few notes for you before the show. First, I want to thank you all for watching. We couldn't do what we do or the amount of things that we do without the support of you, the viewer. If you want to support us financially, which we always appreciate, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us continue this and all the things that we do. I want to give a special shout out to our $25 supporters, Antitonic, Cat Waterflame, and Samantha Bates. Uh, second, I want to let you all know that we here at Final Show Films are planning a little get-together up at Gen Con this year. That's August 2nd through 5th up at Indianapolis. We're going to be up there sort of hanging out, enjoying the con, spending time together. And if any of you guys want to come up and say hi, please feel free. We don't bite unless you want us to. And if you enjoy whatever it is you're about to watch or listen to, be sure to check out our website at finalshowfilms.com where you can find links to all of our other content, both podcast and video. And be sure to follow me at John A. Bates on Twitter for more updates on all of the content we're creating in the future. In the meantime, thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoy. Because my whole body shakes. And that is the first thing they hear. <laughs> I'm a shaky person. A shaky person? Yes. Yeah. I'm not so much a shaker as I am a twitcher. All right. <laughs> well, we're all Welcome. twitchers now. We're all twitchers now. We are live. <laughs> I know. Uh, welcome to the Warcraft RPG campaign Storm Earth and Fire. I am William, and I am your dungeon master for this Warcraft RPG <laughs> campaign. And joining me today, we have... John, who is leaning off camera, trying to check the mic, trying to check the mics are still working. Yeah, I was checking the soundboard because it's yeah. way over there. If it yeah. was over here, I would have leaned off camera. Hi, I'm John. I'm playing Garrick Cloudspeaker, the Orc Shaman. And Holly. Sorry, eating. Who is eating? <laughs> who are you eating? John. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. Playing Shiana Blaine Carver. She's a uh, something. <laughs> she certainly is something. <laughs> She's an orc rogue. And Austin. Yeah. Hi, I'm Austin, and I'm playing a troll. I like how he's playing the troll, but you made the cannibalism joke. <laughs> and because in real life, I am a cannibal. That that troll's that troll's name is Jangatal, and he is a troll troll. He's a troll troll. Like I said, I'm a troll. It's all you need to know. And Stan. I'm trying to play uh, a goblin ticker named Josh. Trying to. <laughs> I like the I'm trying to play. <laughs> it's it's working out pretty well for him so far. Uh, and Zachary? I'm Zach and I'm playing Leaf Ironmender, half-human priest of the Holy Light. All right. I twisted my ankle last Tuesday and my toes hurt still. Uh, Rudy will not be joining us right now at the very least. Um, he, he is busy. He is currently unavailable. He may or may not join us. I sent a message. If he if he feels the need to drop in, then that's cool. But he may yeah. not be here. So uh, when last we left off, the group had returned to Orgrimmar to deliver the news of what they had found. <laughs> that being a number of different attack sites that seemed to be partially or at least somewhat under the uh, making of the Twilight's Hammer uh, cult, which seemed to be operating in the region and uh, also report on the Alliance attack on Crossroads that they had helped uh, fend off. Uh, upon arriving, they were 
told to issue this report to the war chief, who then promptly decided to send them to the new battlefield of the Alliance and the Horde, which is in the Southern Barrens, rather than sending them after anything to do with the uh, Twilight's Hammer. It was, you, were to, you were told to wait uh, for the evening for uh, for a a general that you would be that you would be escorting out <laughs> to desolation uh, to uh, desolation hold uh, in the morning uh, to replace the current warlord who is currently leading desolation hold who has displeased the war chief. Uh, so you all have the evening to yourselves to rest, except for Shiana, uh-huh. who was given a task to travel to the cleft of shadows by Kaplak in Razor Hill to deliver a token to one particular orc who is a member of the Shattered Hand uh, beneath Orgrimmar and who told uh, who instructed uh, Shiana that there is a group of individuals that need to die and that is where we pick up. So yeah, we've got about six people that need to die. Okay. Now, I understand words come in from up above that you're leaving in the morning, which is perfect, because it means you'll be gone by the time anyone finds out. So... It's, well, it's not every day that someone needs to go away in Orgrimmar. Let's, so, and we're going to need to make sure that there isn't too much of a panic, because traitors are not someone dying in the middle of our city with no apparent cause tends to stir people up. And this will be six people? Six people that need to die without causing a stir. we got a task ahead of us. That's why I'm going to help you. Alright. But, I have names of six orcs. Fortunately, four of them spend most of their time down here in the cleft. So... A little bit easier than most. You got Rundok, who is one of the orcs who maintains the portal system. We believe that he might have had a hand with letting Twilight Hand cultists travel through Orgrimmar using the portal system. The twi- Twilight's hammer. It's okay, Twilight's just as bad either way. Yeah. <laughs> We've got we've got Thurzok. How do you spell that? T h e r z o k. Okay. One of the uh, criminal underworld, shall we say, of the city, who makes his living in shady deals, smuggling, transit moving things that shouldn't be moving in this city. And it's time that, uh... This time, he moved something important enough that 
we figured it's time to put it out of business permanently. All right. We've got someone from the Darkfire Enclave, the warlocks that stay down here. Seems like one of them's gotten in over his head. General Blood Eye. Yeah, it's G-A-N apostrophe R-U-L. What is it? G-A-N apostrophe R-U-L. Ganrul. Blood eye. Uh, he got something in his eye. It was blood. No, that came out afterwards. Okay. Seems like he's gotten a bit in over his head. Some people are wondering whether or not he's actually started working with demons or whether it's just a Twilight Saber. Hmm. Three out of that's three out of six. Other than that, one of the poisoners, Corgan, works with Rekul in Rekul's poisons. But we found something of his creation. Some of his uh, special brews were used in incapacitating some guards that needed to not notice something moving out of the city. And. Uh, if he's going to supply the enemy, he's going to supply nobody. And then the last two are a little bit more difficult because they tend to be up in where the sun is. So we're probably going to have to deal with them last. Probably after the sun goes down. So, you know, the, uh, you know, the platform the plateau where the wind riders keep everything and where most of the air traffic is at. Would you know that area? Yeah, that's where you come in when you uh, when you come in via wind rider. Yes. I'm familiar with it. There is uh, one of the one of the assistants of the wind rider master, we believe, used his control over the mounts and access to them to help get one of our infiltrators out of the city. Name is Rakash, and he's not going to be leaving. And then the last one is going to be a little difficult because he's a well known quantity. He's had a good run in the Ring of Valor, he's a well known gladiator who fights for entertainment, for glory, for basically any reason that anyone wants. He's one of the best in the ring, and, well, he's not going to be easy to take out even if we do get the drop on him. Uh, Because it's a... I don't know why this thing exists in this city, but it's an abomination. Which is one of the things the Forsaken make. (laughs) Masses of, you know, corpses sewn together and given a certain amount of intelligence. They call him Stitches, and he needs to go. Uh, I don't know how we're going to deal with that one. We'll deal with that when we get to it. But I've got a couple of ideas. You got any? 
Now, the important part is we need to make each of these not look obvious, or at least put them somewhere far enough away that they won't be discovered for a bit. All right. You said that before, down here, spend a lot of time together. No, a lot of time down here. Oh, down they're here. Not always, they're not always in the same place together, but... But they're down here, so it's easier. Yeah. Less eyes. Well, we could always make it look like an accident. I'm listening. You got any ideas? Are there any... What are the dangerous areas down here? Uh, basically anywhere the cavern walls are looser, anywhere any of the buildings are less sturdy. All right. People sometimes disappear into the ragefire chasm down below. There's a lot of lava down there, a lot of elemental creatures that tend to live down there. It's dangerous. All right, we can use some of that to our advantage. So what do you think? You want to make use of the rage fire, then we'll need a reason for them to get down there. Why do people often go down there? I mean, it's a place that's close to the elemental spirits of fire and earth, and it's a quiet place where the warlocks can get some practice in without people paying too much attention to them. Are any of these people warlocks? One of them. Mm-hmm. Besides that, you mentioned cavern walls. Yeah. Yes. These caverns were dug mostly by hand and reinforced, but that, well... Let's be honest, we're not dwarves. We're not the best at digging tunnels. So there are some places somewhere where the, tun- where the tunnels aren't as sturdy as they could be. There are some collapses occasionally. All right. I mean, that's fairly easy. You can get one of them over there. They have a little accident. Mm-hmm. That probably won't work on everyone at once, though. No, I'm talking about one mm-hmm. <clears throat> Like you said, we probably don't want to do this to all of them together. Mm. No, that would send up a signal, because the other person we don't want to alert is whoever's backing these people. Alright. And what was the other thing you mentioned about buildings? Yeah. Let's just say that the Horde doesn't care too much about putting everything together down here in the Clefts of Shadows. It's almost an afterthought. Most of these buildings are basically held up by pieces of bone and wood and cloth. Anything could potentially come down at any time. Right. I feel like we could definitely stage some accidents with some of these. Is there anywhere down here where if they disappear, no one would find their remains? Well, if we dump them in the rage fire into the lava, there won't be much remains left. Alright. So we can easily slit someone's throat and throw the body in there. Yeah. Only problem is the entrance to the rage fire chasm from here 
and it's right past uh, old Nero's tents. And Nero's not one of the people we're trying to get rid of. Nero Fireblade. Who is that? Uh, one of the warlocks. Uh, and a keen old man. He's one of the good ones. All right. We don't need to get rid of him, and we don't want to spook him either. But his tent is right next to the cave entrance. So if we're going to try and sneak any bodies down there, it's going to have to be very good. Okay. And that may need to be a last resort. Now, if we can get, if we can find a reason for them to head down to the caverns and deal with them, that's another story. Right. But you got time. You got the rest of the day. If you want to investigate, maybe even get one of your friends that you trust in on this, because I know you came in with a party. But that I trust. I got stuff. I don't talk. <laughs> I'm awful good. <laughs> you don't get in on this. I'm a shaman. What does that mean? That means nothing. I mean, it means that if you're going into a place that has lots of fire and lava, I can probably tell the lava to kill a man. I got a barrel of gunpowder. <laughs> I mean, he's a goblin. You just, you know. Tell him that one of them has a pocket you can pick. Do it yourself. Yeah. Do it alone. The question is, who do you trust to help you assassinate a man? <laughs> Several men. Thinking. Or an abomination. Abominations are people, too. There are multiple people, in fact. <laughs> several of them, actually. <laughs> Abominations are several people. <laughs> you mentioned I can get one of my friends to help me. Anyone you think you can trust, just, you know, keep quiet. <laughs> How many of them would you say is safe? Two or three. Okay. That's fair. AKA don't get don't get the lawful good druid or healer, whatever whatever it is. Priest. Priest. Whatever you are, don't get Zachary because lawful good. Eh, it's all I do. Yeah. I'll do some scouting and see what I can find out while you're conferring with your friends. My allies. I get that. <laughs> I, 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 under, I understand that difference. I get you. Alright, I, mean, you know. <laughs> I will confer with them and meet back in, in a little bit. Alright, I'll see what I can find. Maybe I can even deal with one of these on my own, but see what we can do. And so you head out of the Cleft of Shadows. Yep. Meanwhile, Leaf, what are you up to? Uh, things. Stuff and things? Yes, and stuff, stuff and things. Stuff. Oh, those things. Yep. Which I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Among the also previous things that I mentioned before, just sort of seeing what kind of a spirit presence there is in the various areas of the city as um, well. There is an area appropriately called the Valley of Spirits, which is where <laughs> most of the shamans and most of the divine magic casters of the of the city tend to congregate because it is a place where the spirits are more significantly present. Um, it, in the in the wake of the cataclysm, is largely like semi-flooded, so there's like a, a several like areas where there's just like a thin layer of water on the ground, um, but there's just a general heavy presence of spiritual energy in this in in, in this region of Orgrimmar. So, you know, the the voices of the spirits. There's a lot of plant life. Um, 
even the holy light feels a little bit stronger here. Just the presence of all things of divine nature feel a little bit more available in the Valley of Spirits. Hmm. I'm curious what exactly the... I, I want to get a general idea of like, what do the shamans think of the holy light? <laughs> Um, most of them don't know enough about it to form an opinion. Um, they know that it is the magic the Alliance uses against them, and that some of the other races of the Horde wield. And I know it's a magic of emotion and of will, but not much else. <laughs> I'll spend a little bit of time there just sort of analyzing things. Talking about, like, sort of seeing other people observing and conversing with the spirits and getting a general idea of how they go about that and sort of <clears throat> comparing that back to a reference frame of, you know, like with the holy light and whatnot. There's a lot of meditation. Um, there's a lot of uh, burning of incense to open the senses and um, communion as one might do just for prayer in the holy light. Um, there is... Most shaman tend to like to find places of extremes, either very quiet or very loud with the energy of the spirits. Either a place where it's very where it's very secluded and alone and quiet, where they can commune privately with who they're with who they with who and what spirit they're looking for directly, or places that are brimming with that energy where they can just take it in easily if they're not looking for anything specific. Hmm. And you said the holy light feels a little bit stronger here as well? Yes. Hmm. I'm going to sort of spend some time just meditating there, specifically on the holy light, and seeing what the general response of the spirits is again. Now that I can see more clearly and from more kinds. Yes. Um, and go ahead and make me a spirit roll. Fourteen. Um, it's difficult because it seems like the spirit's attention is diverted across the entire region with every shaman and every priest that is here, you know, mm -hmm. communicating with them. Your attention, it's hard to say whether their division towards you is disproportionate or not because they're divided everywhere. Yeah. So it's difficult to really get a clear understanding. But you do notice that you know, as, as you channel the holy light, there is a curiosity among some of the spirits who seem to be inquisitive. Mm -hmm. You know, particularly the spirits of air, who are as as you've come to understand, air is an element that sort of leans toward curiosity and intellectual understanding. Makes sense. I'll see also particularly in some of the more flooded areas. Um, if I have any particular connection with the water spirits, because I know that's what happened um, in the Valley of Trials. Yeah, and Does you're, there seem to be anything from that? Yeah, they're actually... The, the, the spirits of water tend to react the strongest because, I mean, the, from, from what understanding you have built, 
the spirit of water is the spirit that many would consider the weakest of the four elements, but is in fact the the element of healing, of rest, of respite, of solidarity and togetherness and sort of it is the it is the most passive of the elements, but when pushed crashes like a wave. And so it, it sort of has this reputation for being less powerful simply because it doesn't feel the desire to show off or press or be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Totem spells. Okay. I guess I'll spend a good part of the evening just sort of meditating there again with the increased sensation of the holy light as again. Right here. Have there... Hmm. Stasis Trap, Serpent Lord, and Healing Lord are all considered cool. themselves. Thank you, Austin. Have there been other places with this kind of increased activity that I've noticed? Specifically with Holy Light, but also possibly with Spirits as well. Um, sorry, they distracted me for a second. What was that? <laughs> like, <whoop. Yes, because using the force is far more effective than just asking me. It always gets things done. Whenever I do that. It's true. Note to self, next time don't pass you the book when that means you do that. <laughs> now you're learning. So, yeah. Are there, have I experienced this kind of amplification of the general like feeling of the holy light in other places before? Um... Maybe once or twice, but it was always in specific locations, places like sites where temples to the light had been built in the Alliance territories. Um, there were there were occasionally places where it felt easier to access, like its presence was already there or stronger than most. Um, and they were usually locations uh, you never really got an answer as to why, but they were just places where spiritual elements felt more potent. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'll, I'll spend a few hours there and then continue to like, move around the, the city a little bit more and see if I can feel any other connections like that, possibly any other sites that seem particularly interesting from the perspective of the spirits or from the light. Um, the spirits are present throughout the city of Orgamar, but they, they definitely seem to congregate around the Valley of Spirits where something, maybe the environment, maybe something about the region, something about the people, maybe seems to draw them there. Um... So you, you journey and you sort of experiment and gather what knowledge you can. Um, Shiana, who are you going to first? I had a thing that I was doing, by the way. Yes. Because I was going to see Samara. Yes. So we'll go with you for a second, actually. Um, so you make, you make your way to the Valley of Strength. Yes. Uh, the Valley of Honor, actually, uh, where the barracks... <laughs> Of the of the Corcoran is because if we're being sent, if we're being sent off to deal with the alliance, I want to make sure Sombro knows not only that Twilight's hammer are active, but that another that Mancrick has gone after them. Mm-hmm. So you you head to the you head to the the Corcoran uh, barracks. Um, 
where you, a, as you enter, you see that the the, the central area of the of the Corcoran facility is, is like a is like a large um, fighting arena that is usually for like sparring matches or training. Yeah. Um, and you see Samuro is lined up against four of the Corcoran um, in sort of a in uh, sort of a. Um, uh, stand uh, standing off position, as the the four Corcoran all have hands and have weapons drawn and ready, and Samuro has not even put his hand on his sword yet. Um, and the, the 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 Proctor standing off to the side uh, just keeps is has uh, has an axe in his hands, uh, just holding it high. All right, begin in three, two. One, and he hurls the axe across the the battlefield and it digs into the post on the opposite side. And as the axe passes, the four Corcoran take off from their from their standing positions and rush <laughs> toward uh, Samuro uh, and begin to uh, hail down with a weapon strike after weapon strike. And Samuro. Eyes still focused forward, not paying too much attention to any individual fighter, just kind of takes the smallest economy of motion possible to avoid strikes. Just a faint step to one side and then another one to the opposite that causes one strike to miss and the second strike to miss. And then before he had even needed to draw his blade, just a sort of a tilt of the torso causes the the sword in its sheath to catch on another person's axe. And then finally putting a hand on the hilt draws in the same motion where the pommel smashes one uh, warrior in the in the jaw. The elbow cracks another in the chest, and the blade drawing up uh, deflects both of their axes to the side. And then as his left hand comes out in a steadying motion, suddenly there is a burst of smoke, and there are four of him that seem to be moving in more than just... <coughs> More than just your typical mirror image, more than just waving in and out, they seem to be acting almost separately of each other. As one of them puts, as each of them bring bring their blade up to lock into the axe or whatever weapon of the of their opponent, and in one motion, each of them just forces upward and brings the enemy's weapon wide, and then cracks in with the pommel, forcing them back, and then with a leg sweep, each. All four of them end up on their backs, and Samaro's uh, mirror images just kind of press the blade to the base of their neck, and then all but all but the original disappear. You need better balance. You fall too easily. Your footwork is sloppy. He kind of puts the shield. He puts puts the sword back in its sheath. You strike as you strike as one well. Your unity cannot be questioned. Your teamwork is impeccable. Now raise your individual skills to compensate. And they all kind of stand up and bow and head back to the training as Samra spots you. Ah, Garrick, good to see you. I pull out Mancrick's axe and toss it to him. I know this weapon. Where did you find it? In the my allies found it in the cor- in in the corpse of a quillbore. Mm. Mancrick's rage for them has not abated, it seems. My allies and I are being sent 
to Desolation Hall in the Southern Barrens. But there has been activity of late in the area that I felt it important you know about, relating to Mancrick. The Twilight's Hammer are active in the, in the Barrens. They've set fire to a quillbore nest with horde, with horde uh, people inside. Mm. Mancrick has gone missing. Uh, far, what was Farwatch? Farwatch Post. Farwatch Post was destroyed by Quillbores. <clears throat> and it seems Mancrick has sought his revenge. But all we've found thus far is that axe. If I know Mancrick, he will chase them to their home. He will go straight to Razorfen Crawl and will either die or kill as many as he can. We are being sent away and will not be able to pursue him. I had hoped that with this information someone might be sent after our brother. I will go. I will find Mancrick and see that he is safe. I will not. We'll be at Desolation Hold for some time. It'll be a while before we see each other again. (sighs) Such is the way of this war. And I will look tall and turn and start walking out. He nods, turns back to instructing the other (laughs) Corcoran. And so, Shiana, who are you finding first? Uh, Shiana is going to find our troll first. All right, Jangatal, what are you doing? Um, I believe I was trying to aim. I was aimlessly wandering the city, trying to figure stuff out. If I recall from last week, you're trying to make a better shield. Yeah, I was trying to find. I was trying to scavenge in a city, but it's really not the best environment for him. And I'm very confused by why these people are like doing things with stuff. So I'm just sort of wandering around lost. Alright. Um, but it's probably not hard to find me. Yeah, so you... He wanders right past the Cleft of Shadows as you exit. <laughs> That's honestly probably not unlikely. You're You're sort of immediately after leaving the Cleft of Shadows back into the drag. Probably around the Orgamar Orphanage, actually, you find. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I tend to be... She will approach you and look directly in your eyes. Will you help me with something? He'll cock his head and look at you. There are some people that need to die. I'm still looking at you. <gasps> That's a good way to hide the body. I'll let her eat him. All right. She'll <laughs> motion her head. Come with me. He'll follow. Okay. All right. Where are you headed? Um... Forget his name, Josh. Josh, yeah, yeah. Where are you at, Josh? <clears throat> I'm still working on my stuff, I guess. I'm just tinkering here and there. Where at? You at the? Uh, are where you at the inn, or are you? Um, I didn't really cash into the inn. I just kind of camp out places. So I'm just kind of sitting in the town square or something, looking at my pile of junk. <laughs> well, um, there is. It's being a hobo. Yeah, a hobo goblin. And the, there is the Valley of Wisdom, um, which has been sort of where where the where the goblins have sort of set up shop. Um, oh, okay, right. 
they've sort of turned it into uh, basically their place for. I don't know if that's I gravitate that direction. Sorry, there's actually, there's actually a separate spot that is the. Um, do, 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 do. The don't they have their own place now? They do. They have the. It's like just on. It's just off the valley of valley yeah, of valley strength. It's yeah. like just north of the valley of strength. Actually, there's a, like a small. Um, basically, the um, the goblin. It's like the exit to Azuna. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, there, there is a there is a place in the city basically um, where the goblins tend to gather around. Um, yeah, it's basically just sort of like it's it's the it's the break in the map uh, between the Valley of Strength and the Valley of Spirits and the Valley of Wisdom. It's sort of like in that triangle zone. There's a small section of the map that is ba- of the of the valley that is basically um, been sectioned off for the goblins, and there's like they've got like. Oh, this is hard to communicate. They got like uh, kegs of oil set about, yeah. and different demolishers and mechanical devices being worked on, and uh, various goblins. Like there's a there's a number of goblins that have set out like grill operations for food, and um, like they've got uh, bets and different you know gambling areas set up, and it's basically a miniature goblin village basically set up inside the inside inside Lindemar. So. So you might you might be able to find like a place to I do some work. Yeah, there. I'll find a little corner and uh, go through some stuff and kind of figure out yeah. what, well, how I'm going to put these things together. <laughs> Just so if you if you head if you head into the the goblin refugee area, um, you probably find him right about as he's finishing the first item on his list. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That's probably about right. Want to make money and loot dead bodies? Ooh. Okay, uh, we could probably do that. I need help killing some people. Uh, okay. Do we have reasons for this? Yes, they're traitors. Oh, uh, I trade all the time. You want Not that kind. <laughs> <laughs> I might need I your assistance doing things like knocking over buildings. Okay, we might be able to do something like that. Who knows? This will be quietly. So how many of these things are there? Six. Okay. We have a little assistance. Is this going to be uh, one at a time or in a group? Or? No, now you have a little assistance. Probably one at a time. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Sure, I'll try anything twice. <laughs> Six <All right>. times <laughs> in this case. <laughs> All right, and she's going to go find Garrick. Pack up. I'm really sorry, Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting Garrick to help you? <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of the brain stuff in the book. That's a sad state of affairs. <laughs> Your intelligence is higher than mine. I mean, intelligence-wise, you kind of just My got the brain My intelligence is not yeah. high. Yeah. Well, well, we need a combined intelligence and wisdom score. That's fair. That's fair. My spirit score is like... Yeah. Combined intelligence and wisdom boy. score? Yes. I, I, I have a 10 for intelligence. Hey, Leaf, we need to assassinate six people. 
<laughs> I mean, hey, I would definitely act on what you said. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm aimlessly wandering the town anyway. It's not like you could track me down very easily. I don't mean to exclude you or anything. I am very... I mean, Shiana does. I don't. Yeah. I know why you're doing it. I am and this is This is part of the agreement of... Doing a lawful good character. I'm used to it by now. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the paladin has to be left in the dark. I am very probably eviscerating a training dummy. Yeah. In the Valley of Honor. Is your intelligence ten? You're also not oh, really no, good. Oh no, you're the same as me. I, th- I thought you were higher. My, my spirit is sixteen. Okay. I'm very wise. I'm not very intelligent. You also don't have much need See, of a healer unless things go horribly, horribly wrong. I'm not so, intelligent. And I could spontaneously or cast uh, healing totems. So. Yeah. So you're not going to need much healing for this. I'm not intelligent or wise. <laughs> so, I'm wise. He's intelligent. Helpful. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm very, very probably burying my great sword in a training dummy right now. Alright, she's going to approach you. Yes? I need some assistance. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't even ask. It's probably best he doesn't. Well, if he sees all three of us, he probably thinks it's, you know, routine. Well, no, is that not, it's, it's uh, whether or not Shiana sees it that way, we are all yeah. family. As because uh, I cast Mark Ken every day, uh, <laughs> but, and family so, helps family regardless of what it is. I see. Awesome, uh, that's exploitable. Awesome. <laughs> so okay. after the game, John, I put body up back. I mean, oh, sure, sure. Come on. All right, great. <laughs> I thought the dog was chewing on that. I've got, I've got, I've got plastic tubs and hydro and uh, and hydrofluoric uh, yeah, um, acid. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. One more. It'll One smell. For, it'll smell bad for a while, well, but it'll be gone. That's what the lime is for. Lime is to conceal the smell. I don't have any lime, though. Says the pacifist. Okay, so we follow. Says <laughs> okay. All right. Do you elaborate? Well, y- yes. No. W- would you like me to explain? If you want. We'll get there. All right. Let's talk about it on the way and let everybody listen I, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she will quiet. I like the idea that Shiana just taken taken aback by that. I mean, <laughs> what, what is that? I haven't had somebody just like with no with like with no questions help me before. I'm I mean, confused. Well, you have to explain. You don't need to explain anything to him. He already got all the lucrative bets. Yeah, I figured it out. I mean, it's probably good to explain it for planning purposes, but. Um. First of all, we're not telling Leaf. Okay. It wouldn't sit well with him. That puts it. I was given an assignment to assassinate six people. Uh (laughs) Man, aren't we uh, good, noble heroes? I'm chaotic good, thank you very much. Um... I'm not chaotic. <laughs> I'm true. Uh, they're all traitors. So they deserve to die. Fair enough. And I need assistance. Okay. So we have to kill six of them tonight. Where and when? Let's go. Follow me. <laughs> also, while I understand initially, 
I don't think Leaf would be too terribly against this, as it is dealing with traitors. Not just random people on the street. Uh, Troll's gonna pop his head at you and look at you funny like you just... Like some crazy shit came out of your mouth. The troll thinks you're not being intelligent. I have a decent wisdom score, okay? I'm just saying, like... It's not terrible. Lawful good dealing with traitors that you've been ordered by the current authority to deal with. Lawful good is just Falls two words. <laughs> Falls into that. Uh, no, mm, there's various interpretations of lawful good. There are, there are. I mean, well, because this law, is the law. I mean, law doesn't necessarily have to be the residing law. It can also be a code of honor, like pacifism. I don't want to kill people. It's also, if we were lawfully killing them, they would be executed. Yeah. We're, we're going under the law. We're going under the law. Specifically in that group of people where someone's like, where the law's like, hey, this needs to happen, and we don't need to be aware of it. Ultimately, Jones. I don't That's trust him. Things He's going to screw things up for us. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, because I feel bad as well. Eric has faith in people. Whether or not that rewarded faith is up for debate. <laughs> Alright, uh, she goes to find I mean, hey, guy I've already forgotten his name. This just means I get to find the, the spirits of the dead crying out in agony. <laughs> Um, I mean, Gordul. Yeah. Yes. If you think they'll this be crying out when I can just go away. <laughs> oh, so we're just going Ghostbusters on this then? <laughs> that, that's, that's why we that's, brought him. That's he my Ghostbuster. Okay. Ghostbuster. Okay, I'm the Ghostbuster. Who are you going to call? Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> also, Shaman's also good for afterlife interrogation. All right, so you head back down, uh, and you find uh, Gordul. Um, Garrick, uh, this is the first time you've met one of the Shattered Hand. I don't think it is. I would have met, um, I would have met the uh, the guy that was in the second war. Cargat Bladefist? Wouldn't I? No. He he served mostly on Draenor. Oh, uh, yeah. No, yeah, they're on. Yeah, this would be the first time I've met one of the Shattered Hand, like, in person. Yeah. You've heard of the Shattered Hand. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, but this... this Darkly ornamented individual with a dagger on his left wrist instead of a hand is this is the first time you've actually met one and now you you recognize the iconic shattered hand appearance yeah, which yeah. is weapon instead of left hand. That gotta be awkward if you're left-handed. I mean, it's weapon instead of offhand technically. <laughs> so some shattered hand have weapon on their right hand. Some have weapon on both, and that's 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 the real fun part. All that requires is that they remove a hand. It doesn't matter which one it is. Just stab into Just your meat. fork and knife. <laughs> lots, lots of them have interchangeable, have interchangeable things. So it's like how do you screw I will. No, it's just like arms crossed. Nod. I brought assistance. So I can tell. All of these people trustworthy. I believe I so. She like stares at Josh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a, a real nice uh, smile. Yeah, you can trust me. I put out my hand. Oh no! Shake. He puts a gold coin in your hand, and you and like the con- the conduction actually goes backward onto you. <laughs> and you and you you find a gold coin in your hand when your hands pull away. <laughs> okay, I can trust him. Uh. <laughs> 
They're I mostly s- trustworthy and can be taken care of if they're not. I served under Grom Hellscreen. Good. Then you're used to dirty work. Dirty? Ah. Alright. <laughs> yeah. The part that the part that the rest of the party doesn't know is I killed my clan. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's why that's why that's why the, the, the statement was I served under Grom Hellscream. Because that's enough for this person. <laughs> that's awesome. I did not know that. You still don't. Technically. No, yes. no, I don't. It's like you say, I served under Grom. It's like, all right, so you know what it's like to murder people. Yes, I know. I know what it's like to do what needs to be done for the horde. All right. Well, I've done a little <clears throit> bit of digging. Uh, Rundock, good to know, has been having a little bit of trouble with his portal device lately. That's actually what I was thinking. If we can get it to malfunction, the explosion could take him out in a way that would seem natural. Is it it technological or magical? Both. Both? I can do either. And I think uh, if you're a a talented technician like I think most goblins are, you can probably make that happen. I'll pay that guy. Uh Uh-huh. What guy? The guy that I talked to when I first came into the Cleft of Shadows. Magical teleportation device. Yeah, that guy. Oh, the one we're about to kill? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You won't be talking to him anymore, sorry. I mean, there are others. <laughs> it's like, so what happened to him? I was talking to him the other day. Yeah, you were. <laughs> uh, Things happen, man. Horrible accident. Horrible teleporter Sometimes accident. you roll a one, then a twenty. Sometimes you get telefragged. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm going up that direction. You mess up his portal and we apply boot to ass. Or whatever, yeah, we can do that. Alright, so what are you up to? So we just head that direction and uh, see if he's uh, playing with his little toys. Or if he's even around. Stealth. Uh, Yeah, go ahead and remove yourself, Jack. Okay, stealth things, Jack. Yeah, I got something here. Okay. I feel like some of us could be handling somebody else well. Nineteen. Yeah, so do I. I feel like if we send just one person with them, then others can handle someone else. Yeah, no. So, um, Uh, someone who could stealth could go with him. Probably be me. Yeah, Yeah, I have a really good stealth. So you're going with him? Yeah. If you're still thinking. So is he in the room? And yeah, you, to... as you head over to where he usually stays in the Cleft of Shadows, you find, um, you actually catch him as he's like fiddling with the device itself, and he kind of gives it a bit of a kick and gets frustrated with it seeming to be not quite at optimum <clears throat> capacity, and then heads back into his tent to go look for some tools or something. Okay, a disabled device? Uh, or... Yeah, actually, no, just rig it. Uh, if you want to, if you want to rig it to malfunction and possibly explode, just make an engineering roll. Okay, engineering. Um, I'm stealthing. Okay, what do you got? I rolled a, a guy twenty-four. All right. Yeah, you're right next to. It. Uh, meanwhile, as, as the two of them depart, uh, Gordul uh, looks at the two of you. All right. Um, 
the other one that I've got a decent lead on is Corgan. Uh, he's one of the poisoners. <laughs> nice. Plus nine. Nice. What'd you get? This one. 29. A natural 20. That's the best I can do to mess with this guy's teleporter. Nobody's going to find him or anything about him ever again. No, no, you just, you just, you, well, you, rather than making it blow up, you go, oh, that's nice. Burning Legion Town. <laughs> one way trip? Yes? Okay. Click. Yeah, he's, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> the maelstrom. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, Corgan's been experimenting with new potential poisons uh, with different ingredients, and uh, it would be a shame if some of that got into his system. Corgan, oh, he's the poison guy. Uh, Only somebody here knew about herbs and natural things and all that. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, the, tr- the troll will fully both of us will, n- will narrow <laughs> eyes. Where is he? He kind of thumbs across the valley of shadows. There's uh, the poisoner shop over there. He's the second operator, the troll, and uh, let's just say he's been working with some dangerous ingredients. And if any of them happened to get into his system, there probably wouldn't be much anyone could do. Especially not if the shaman that came to see him made that determination. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> if the healer says you're fucked, no one really argues with the healer. <laughs> let's let's do some... some, some well, I'll do some we stealthing. Will, yeah, we will figure out a way to communicate to Jean Gattal the plan of Jean Gattal poison Garrick be the heal, be the medical professional. He figured that part out. <laughs> he heard poison and, a, and poison. he was given a description. Yep. So I will, um, I'll go into the shop like just as regular, just to talk to folks mm-hmm. and just be a distraction. Uh, Twenty stealth. Yeah. So you disappear into the into the poisoner shop, and while while Garrick is speaking um, with uh, the the orc who is the primary proprietor of the shop, uh, Jangatal disappears behind the back and looking for herbs and things, yeah. the kind of the kind of things that might be used for antidote for both both for antidotes because I'm going to the front line. Mm-hmm. I'll need antidotes and also poisons that might be applied to weapon rank for our stealth missions. Yeah. Um, and so you, you know you're looking around. He's, he's got he's got nightshade. He's got various different poisons that can be uh, that can be crushed and either ingested or applied to weapons. Um, I will actually buy some. Yeah. Uh, how much money would it cost? Uh, it'd be about uh, for a an application uh, for a single weapon that would last for uh, five hits um, would be uh, twenty gold, which would which would deal an extra. 2d6 poison damage on a successful hit. Could I get a bargain for lower? Just because I'm going to the front lines and I've got 10 gold. You can, you can, you can roll me a uh, uh, preservation check. That's not bad. Um, you want me diplomacy? Yeah, diplomacy. Uh, 19. Uh, based on military customer, and it's a shaman who doesn't usually ask for poisons, which is an interesting uh, find. Uh, he'll do it for fifteen. <clears throat> Still more than you got. I got. Yeah. 
This is unfortunate. Yeah. Unfortunately, poisons are expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. I'll just take some antidote, uh, some antidote stuff then. Yeah, that's. Uh, there's actually a price for like anti for like anti venom and yeah. I think antitoxin. Price for antitoxin. Have to look it up, but I'll get it for you in just a minute. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's like. Five gold or something gives you. Well, there's antitoxin and antidotes. They work differently. Antitoxins you take beforehand, and they give you like a plus five alchemical bonus. Antidotes, what I'm looking for. Yeah, those are gonna be more expensive, but <clears throat> I'll figure it out. And then while while that's happening, here I'll look for because yeah. you're doing things. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Uh, and while that's happening, you disappear in the back, and you see there's uh, a troll working on um, a number. Probably in here because the alchemist stuff is on there. Oh, oh, it's all working on a number of different ingredients, sort of mixing together with mortar and pestle, and has another one sort of burning, in, yeah, sort of a burning uh, an ingredient down. <coughs> it's it's uh, like a he's kind of hunched over. He's got like long pink, like purple pink hair, kind he's of flowing. On his burning back. things, you say? Yeah. Any sort of is there anything in here that uh, is toxic if inhaled? Uh, I roll any sort of survival. Yeah, go ahead and roll me a survival check. Um, 28. <laughs> uh, so the stuff that he's grinding, which is kind of like on a bundle on the table next to him, that's kind of like off to his right, and he like occasionally reaches over and grabs and starts to grind some more, if that was burnt instead of ground, it would make a toxic fume. <laughs> Maromi, a slide of hand. <laughs> Thank goodness for Dex. That's leaning. That's out of the way. Uh, 18. Alright, let's see what his perception looks like. No, it doesn't look like anything. Alright, so simultaneously, um, uh, so you, this, this device is sparking now, and you know something bad's gonna happen the next time he tries to, he tries to, he tries to fiddle with it. So you just kind of take off and leave, and as the sparking noise gets his attention, he kind of comes back out. Uh, what's going on with this thing now? And he goes, uh, he goes over to mess with it, and I need to roll a d20. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> oh, boy. And uh, Portal to the Shadow Realm activated. Well, no, he just exploded. He takes an explosion. <clears throat> yeah, so as, as he tries to mess with the device... Uh, a rift opens up above the above the portal device itself, and it just kind of starts to pull at him, and you can almost see like he's being pulled apart almost at the atomic level as it as he sort of tries to pull away from it, and then just like all light and sound just pauses for a minute, and then the rift disappears along with most of the orc that was working on it. <laughs> And he is spaghettified. <laughs> okay. So is there anything else around? Oh, I'm going to go do it with this shop where he just came out of and just see what's in there. Sure, go ahead and roll me a stealth check. <laughs> oh, what, search? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, roll me a stealth check first. See oh, stealth. Oh, going okay, in. yeah, stealth. Uh, Antitoxins are 50 gold. 25. 10. Yeah, no, no, he's going to buy some poison. Yeah, okay. Well, it's not to buy poison, actually. Is there anything exciting around? I'm just. I think he's working on stuff. I'll come back with that. Uh, yeah, go ahead and research. Combine a gold and use some poison, that might be useful. Deadly match. 24. 
Uh, yeah, actually, you find nothing that you can particularly Posing use because mostly Magitech, but you can all, you can break this stuff down for probably probably about a hundred gold worth of, of scrap. Okay, it's not like it's not like actual currency, but it's right. Yeah, okay, hundred hundred gold worth of materials. Okay, that helps. <laughs> And so you disappear out of a shop after yeah. that. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, in uh, in the poisoner's shop, uh, the material that they've been put on the fire starts to slowly burn. And instead of that clear gray smoke that had been emitting from the uh, from the from the burner, now it starts to emit this noxious purple and green kind of coloration. And too late for the troll to react or do anything about it. He gets a breath of it and needs to make a fortitude save and fails miserably. Um, and so his stamina takes 2d6 points of damage. No. Oh, well. Now he has to make another fort save. And fail again, because he keeps inhaling it. And now his stamina is worse. Ah, yep, his stamina is at zero. He's dead. <laughs> Is Ouch. there a smoke coming out of the back, like of the tent, at this point? Yeah. Am I am I able to see it? Yeah, you can you can see this sort of like purple green cloud of smoke issuing out of the back of the poisoner. Is it supposed to look like that? I say pointing. And you you look. He looks over. No, no, it's not. That's not a good. That's not a good. I put down smoke. a wind wall totem. Just to keep it from coming out this way. Yeah. He puts he puts a he puts a mask on that uh, sort of acts as a as a, a breath guard, and he goes in, and he finds Corgan on the ground with zero stamina, which means he's dead. And I've got a wind wall totem keeping the poison from coming further out. Yeah. So he kind of he kind of drags him back out. Uh, Healer, can you do anything about this? I will make a medicine check. Sure. <laughs> oh, darn, looks like he's Make a dead. medicine check to see how well you can fake checking his vitals. Uh, I mean, it's a 30, that's a, sorry, it's a 26. Yeah, no, like, legitimately there isn't anything you can do for this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, even if I had the magic, I couldn't. He's already dead. He's dead, Jim. His soul seems to have passed on already. God damn it. And he kind of like helps pull him out of the tent and then goes to clearing the poison fumes. I'll send for a pie master. Please. Nah, you deserve better than this. And he goes back to. Did he, though? <laughs> you don't know anything about him. He's a traitor. You legitimately don't know anything. About, you don't even know if he was a traitor. I was told he was a traitor. Some shady dude told her he was a traitor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't even, don't even know. There's no way this guy's involved with the government. I mean, come on. You never, you don't know. You could have just gotten involved oh, in, like, <clears throat> random gang warfare. I could have. I think she's okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly fine with this. I, I can live with that. myself. You can live with having made a whole lot of enemies. Well, I mean, not if we do it right. <laughs> yeah. If we do it right, it's a series of unfortunate coincidental accidents. We're not making enemies, we're just killing people. <laughs> people just happen to... Our enemies. People are just becoming dead. Getting rid of potential enemies. <laughs> exactly. And potential allies, but you know... I will go, I will go send word for uh, Power Master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and then go back over. And, you know, a short time later, a power master does come down to attend to the funeral of this troll. <laughs> and and also, coincidentally, an orc that's only half of it is left over there. <laughs> not even half of it. Yeah, they haven't seen that yet. Yeah, there's not enough left to burn. We're, we're out of there before anybody else. There's nothing left at all. Yeah, like what is left is like a left piece, boot. a piece of his robe. <laughs> it's, it, you know the Carnart smite for Magic the Gathering. Yes, <laughs> a pair of smoldering shoes. <laughs> Basically, so while that's being dealt with, head back, group back up, two down, four to go. All right. You head back to Gordul. Yep. Meet up with Gordul. And he he actually signals you to quiet as he, as you as you approach him and he kind of signals where he's where he's sort of leaning against the rock out rock rock outcropping and sort of looking over the edge of it. As you as you approach quietly, he sort of indicates with his with his dagger hand. Now we're a little bit lucky. Because it looks like Thurzok and Ganrule are having a bit of a deal. Thurzok it's a disappointment that we have to deal with him because he was one of the finer members of the Shattered Hand, but justice is as justice demands. Where are they at? He sort of points across the way, and you can see there is a uh, an orc with like a sort of a, a scruffy, like wild black beard and long brown and red robes in the middle of a conversation with another orc with sort of like two long chin braid beards uh, that kind of set, separate down and uh, to the chest with like a long uh, mane of hair pulled back at the top with... Uh, Are they in the... Um... His left hand is sort of replaced with uh, sort of a short curved blade. Mm-hmm. Are they in the... Um... What's it? What's it underneath the Cleft of Shadows? Ragefire Chasm. Yeah, are they in the Ragefire Chasm? They're actually heading towards it. Oh, oh, this will be easy, this. <laughs> I believe I may be able to deal with this one. I will assist. Yeah, they're heading for the Ragefire. The Ragefire is already tumultuous with spirits. It wouldn't take much to send them over the edge. If you can handle it, there might not even be a body to bring back. We'll follow after. At a distance so I don't have to stealth. <laughs> I'm stealthy. And you can still roll me stealth. <laughs> that would be harder for anyone to notice you. Oh. Well, I mean, I rolled a natural 20, which is a 21. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, because I've got a minus 4. Uh, that's a... 17. That's a 17. <laughs> it was a natural 20, though, so... Yeah. 20 stealth. 20 stealth. Yep. Yeah, so the two of you... Quietly follow uh, after them into the Ragefire Chasm as they make their way deeper into the chasm to where they're out of eyesight and earshot of the of the Cleft of Shadows, uh, where it seems like uh, Thurzok appears to have gathered some illicit reagents, based on what you can understand for uh, the warlock and his rituals. So I'm going to put a hand on the wall. And I'm going to speak. I'm going to uh, commune with the fire spirits, and I'm going to basically summon all the emotion that they felt when they were tormented by dread by Fellfire, and indicate that these two people are associated with the bringers of Fellfire. 
one of them is. So, <laughs> you're not necessarily I'm lying, so it's not a bluff check. <laughs> roll me, roll me a diplomacy check. Uh, twenty. All right, let's 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 see how angry these because this is this is rage fire chasm. Spirits of fire here are very familiar with being controlled. Yep. <laughs> it's like not only this isn't just control. This is corruption, Vagary. <laughs> it's not called calm inner peace fire, Kevin. <laughs> is what we're saying. Ooh. They're, they're mad. <laughs> they mad. So as you as you watch them and sort of sort of faintly lit by the magma flows in the in the in the chamber that they're in, uh, there's a rumble in the ground. And they just mutter, Ramnos' fury take you. And as they look around at the shaking earth, a, a trail, almost like a wave of fire, pours out from one of the pools of magma and shapes itself into a vague humanoid shape as a fire elemental emerges from the pool of magma. And then a second one emerges, and then a third one, and a fourth one. And all four of these fire elementals just kind of... Converge on the two of these individuals and grab them as their clothes begin to ignite. They just leap and pull them back into the magma, and two bodies disappear into the lava. <laughs> I just sort of look over at Shona. The spirits were with us. <laughs> and I start walking back out. Reason number 76 why you don't fuck with shamans. Because <laughs> you know who we talk to? The spirits of the elements. You know where they are? Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So you head back to Gordul. All right, well. It would seem Ragnaros' fury claims two more lives. Mm. <laughs> they won't even find the bodies. And the group of you clean up pretty nicely. <laughs> I'm familiar with this sort of task. Hmm. Well, you're going to have a bit of a harder time with these last two. And I might have to give a hand with it because... The last two, we got one, Rakash, who is... Rakash, who is one of the assistants to the Windrider Master, who we believe has had in the past assisted infiltrators escaping the city on Wyvernback. And then the second is one of the pit fighters by the name of Stitches, an abomination who we believe acted as muscle for some of these infiltrators when they needed a distraction or something to go away physically in a fight. How smart is Stitches? He's a bunch of corpses sewn together, and I don't think they cared about how much brain matter was included. I'm just like like I'm just thinking of like put a healing ward like above his head. <laughs> just probably notice that slowly one. ticks him down. <laughs> probably notice that one. Uh, where does this abomination hang out? Uh, that'd be at the Brawlers Guild. 
in oh, the regular battle. Be a bunch of people um, there. The wyvern that brought us. Oh, so the, the leader of the wyverns. Sharpmane. Sharpmane is still here, isn't he? Yeah. I wonder if Sharpmane. How Sharpmane would feel that his brothers were used to transport traitors. The troll is already intrigued by this whole uh, wyvern thing and is probably heading up there. Because <laughs> it'd be a lot easier for Sharpmane to, to 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 have an accident than it would for with with that particular person than it would for us. Well, troll's going to go talk to some wyverns. Hmm. It seems like Jean Gatal is heading out. We should probably follow. Yes, we shouldn't let him go off on this one. We'll plan for stitches. We'll plan for stitches, but let's follow Jean Gatal. All right. Can I get out with him? Yeah, with him? Yeah, I'm gonna follow along. Alright, um. Good luck. I'll be waiting for you back here if you're successful. With some payment for your efforts. Thank you. Let's head up and see what's going on with the Wyverns. Patrol's going to Weaverland. Okay. Alright, following yeah. the troll. Yeah. Follow the cannibal troll. <laughs> Alright, so you're the first one up there. You left first. Yeah. Um, question. The younger wyverns, you know, the ones that are just learning to hunt and stuff, how. how accident prone are they? I mean. They are typically only the more veteran riders go with them to train them to carry riders because they're young and they're impetuous and, you know, they like to do tricks and spins in the air just to enjoy flying and sometimes the rider isn't able to hold on. How convenient. So this dude, this dude what needs to die? We got a description, right? Yeah, yeah. Look at him. Where is he? Uh, sort of. So the Windrider Master uh, is sort of dealing with like making sure that all of the all of the different um, uh, wyverns have uh, food and water, and you know uh, are well kept in the area where they tend to where they tend to roost. Um, and the assistant that you were that you were noted uh, is mostly dealing with the tack and the harnesses and making sure they're all cleaned and maintained and everything is put together. Is there any sort of situation which require him to ride a wyvern, or is he just? I mean, you don't know. Yeah. Uh, like your understanding of their of the culture between orcs and wyverns is about the same as your understanding of any culture. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at. Well, because I hang out with the animal handlers a lot, yeah. so I'm sort of used um, to basic animal handling protocol. You do know that um, in terms of riding animals, um, usually the people who would be taking the young the young animals out for rides are the trainers, the assistant master, or the primaries to ensure that they are the ones who get to make sure that they get a feel for it because they know there's an inherent danger in an untrained mount. Yeah. Um... And it does. It does look like um, the the assistant is getting some tack ready, probably training training material for some of the younger wyverns. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm gonna I'm I'm slash his brakes. I mean, <laughs> his guide his guide supports. Uh, roll me stealth check. Roll well. There you go. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, 23. All right, so yeah, uh, so the, the training harnesses, you know, have a lot more straps and, and secure ropes than most because it's it's not designed for you to get out quickly. It's designed for you to hold on so that you can deal with the younger mount and their propensity for, for tipping and swerving without realizing the weight of the person on them. Uh-huh. Um, so you just cut a few of those supports or thin them out just a little bit so that they'll, they'll, they'll snap on their own if they have too much weight put on them. And you just kind of like the one that he seems to have pulled out to, to use. You just kind of like thin some of the some of the guide some of the guidelines and the the the, the, the harness secure points. And um, is there anything that you can feed uh, feed animals to make them especially exuberant, hyperactive? Caffeine. Is <laughs> got candy bar? Is there any? Co- do, do they serve coffee around here? Uh, they actually do in the in the in the in the inn. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can't uh, caffeinate his caffeinate his mouth. <laughs> oh boy! Would like to caffeinate the wyvern. <laughs> Good luck placing your order. <laughs> don't need that much. Just, just they don't have caffeine on a regular basis, so I I just coffee. Uh, like a small amount will do wonders. No, I'm just I'm just imagining he wants you to the bar. No. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, yeah. you had you had that you had down to I'm, 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 I'm gonna walk I'm gonna walk up to her. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you you wanted to drink? Uh, drag. <laughs> I, I don't have an arm here. Other arm. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So you, you I drag to the end and I point at coffee. Yeah. Or people drinking coffee. Yeah. You want to give the ah? I go order a cup of coffee. I, I, I will. In, I will. In, I, I will. Yeah, I will. I mean, we're walking together, so I'm just following. Just the beans. The the beans. Okay. <laughs> order coffee beans. Yeah, you, you can get you can get a bag of coffee beans. It's not like it's not uncommon for people to want to make their own consistencies of coffee, especially you know like so you you get you get some I, coffee beans. I will I will it, drag. It costs you like five copper. Okay. I will drag the rogue and motion for others to stay behind because we're being stealthy. Okay. And I'll drag the rogue up, and I'll see if I can figure out which mount he's going to be using. Uh, there is one that's being brought out of its pen, seemingly. Uh, it's it's sort of on it's sort of on a guide chain right now, being left by itself in, in preparation for the for the writer. Is there any f- uh, food or meats up here? Uh, it's not at the moment, but it's it's currently by itself. It's currently waiting for its. Uh, for its I'm going to pull out some meat. I'm going to jam it full of coffee beans and hand it to you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so if you can be nice and stealthy for me. She's and... gonna stealth up. Roll me a stealth check and then an animal handling check. Just throw the meat at him. <laughs> I, mean, oh, it's, it's, I imagine you get a fairly good um, bonus to that for having meat. <laughs> that was just a fifteen stealth. That's, uh, well, let's see. Yeah, it's fine. You see, I gave it to you because you have a much better spell score than it. Animal handling, it's oh, going handling. to be a raw charisma check for you, probably. Oh, handling. no. That's okay. Well, I mean, get an animal to eat meat. Yeah, it's not a hard check. It's not a hard check. Yeah. 11. For the most oh, you right. rolled above a 10. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Just Here, get an animal to trust you. <laughs> here is here is food. Why do you only need to hand to throw it at him? And so the, uh, the, the wyvern, the young wyvern, who does not understand the the need for like 
sorting out and organizing your meals to make sure that you know you're you're not flying and like on a full stomach where where you're going to be sluggish just kind of goes for the meat um, and you have now spiked this wyvern with caffeine. <laughs> you have a caffeinated, one caffeinated wyvern with frayed guide ropes. Let's see what happens next. So, how long before we hear a. So, not only is he also jittery, but he's also full and sluggish. So, he's sluggish, jittery, and has faulty safety mechanisms. I wanted to make sure there's a zero percent chance of this failing. It is. It is a trifecta of doom. How many minutes does it take before this guy falls? <laughs> Two, three. Ah. Uh, 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 so you know, there's, there's, there's a. You know, you just kind of wait from the sidelines and and, and observe as this wyvern, as this handler, uh, sort of puts the the saddle and harness on and sort of uh, saddles up this wyvern, and we come up. It's it's already doomed from the start because the wyvern doesn't even get like a, a running lead up. It just starts flapping the wings and takes off from the ground and just as fast as it can go, just straight up into the air. And the the, the rider's already having to hold on tight to try and uh, to just to try and keep control over the wyvern. And the handler's having a little spaz attack in the air because like this isn't supposed to happen. And so it's, it there's a bit of like they get into a circling motion and then. As a young wyvern occasionally does, it decides that it wants to spin because that's fun. <laughs> and when it does, the uh, the it gets a full like uh, like a, like an aileron spin, just like a full like in, in motion no. full Do a barrel roll. Yeah, uh, it's an aileron roll. A barrel roll is going around the outside of the barrel. Yep. Um, but the it just kind of does the, the full spin and. The 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 harness is the harness doesn't hold and so the orc goes <laughs> off to the side with the force of the spin. So we're not even there watching. Let me see if it's possible for him to survive this. Uh, max twenty d six damage for a fall. No, I don't think he's gonna survive one. Fire master. <laughs> that was an accident. I roll this twice. Pie master's going to be busy tonight. <laughs> I need minimum damage. So basically, 20. we're seeing if he's dealing with a body or if he's dealing with hamburger. More on the hamburger side, as it turns out. Splat! <laughs> I go call for a pie master. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's two pyres that are going out today. The other one's never found. But, you know, they had their own pyre. Yeah. <laughs> their own special. He called for different. He called for a pyre master for that one too. Just yeah, it's kind. And hey, maybe maybe I called the got warped into master. the plane of fire. Who knows? Pyromaster. <laughs> now we need to figure out. Now we go to the arena. Okay, what was it? Uh, should we? I've got an idea. I've got an idea. I've, I've, arena, I've, I've got an idea for your barrel of gunpowder, actually. <laughs> In the arena, I mean, is this like a wrestling type of, uh, like, with the crowds and everybody around? Yeah, so the, so um, the uh, battle arena. The, the Brawlgar arena is sort of like. It's starting to get dark, but. Brawlgar, B R A W L. Apostrophe. Apostrophe G A R. G A R. Um, it's sort of like a gladiatorial arena, sort of st- sort of style, where it's like there's 
There's a large, circular, central uh, room, which is, when fights aren't happening, is mostly where people gather and have conversation, and they clear it out for the fights. Uh, and then there's a series of stands around the outside where the audience sits when fights are going on, and there's some, there's some dugouts on, on the side for the individual combatants, and there's like uh, these two large metal grates in the center for, for like pens for keeping large beasts where they can like keep them there and then raise them up into the main battle arena on, on an elevator when it's time for them to come out. Um, and series of pens underneath there for housing creatures. Um, and yeah, it is sort of a gladiatorial arena where you'll have man versus beast versus man versus man or any yeah. combination of beasts and combatants. Any man-beast combination. Man-bear, man-pig, man-bear-pig. <laughs> I want to see the man bear. I don't, I don't want to see the bear. You don't, you don't want to see the man bear. <laughs> the man bear pig is just um, as opposed to the big bear man pig. No, it's it's um, um as opposed to the clothes man name? pig. <laughs> what's his name? Rexar. No, no, no. Man bear pig is um, <clears throat> South Park character. Yeah, it's oh. the uh, the like. I, I can't think of the the, the politician's name. Do they normally close it? Or, uh, they just do this during the day. They usually close it at night or something. Or uh, yeah, most most of the fights are um, <clears throat> like either at night or or like like at the height of the day when everything is good visibility, or at night when it's more spectacular explosions. Oh, okay. Um, so at the moment, activity is a little slow for whatever reason. For today, it might just be not like not a fight day, basically. Um. So we should go in there and man bear check his alley out, I guess. Or... I mean, you can you can you can absolutely just walk in. Like, it's, it's an open area. I'm just gonna walk in and, and, and look around, and see. Just do we? You know, there's 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 sort of like because there's no fight going on right now. There's just like boxes and crates and stuff piled everywhere. They got like a section cordoned off for any spontaneous fights that anyone wants to have. Um, and you know, fight to death? Uh, you can. Yeah, but it's yeah, not like just, it's yeah. like any of the, any of the fights against beasts are usually to the death because you can't control the beast unless you're very prepared. Um, uh, and you know the, there are duels to the death, but there are also just duels to submission or to victory declared. What kind of fights does Stitches participate in? Uh, he's an abomination, so you to, to death? the death. I mean, that's the easy way, I guess. It's just. just well, to fight an abomination. Fight. We're going to work on your definition fight. of easy way. <laughs> yeah. Here, let's put Josh up against him. That'll go well. Uh, I was actually thinking about that, but I, oh. I don't think I have enough time to cobble something that'll work. Like I said, I have a, I have a use for your barrel gunpowder now. Well, now I, I was thinking of cobbling, cobbling a, a massive uh, tangle foot. Uh, put it in the ground. Put a detonator cap on it. Wait till Stitches walks over. Lay on. Feel like they'll notice cheating. I think they'll really yeah. notice that. <laughs> I feel what like if you guys don't cheat? <laughs> what if someone else cheats, or you make someone else cheat? <laughs> I was saying, it doesn't have to be us. Uh, it's fighting stitches. We can buff someone else with like we can, powerful divine magic. We can prepare that ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, but can you plant it? Um, or just buff someone with magic without the person knowing. The, That's hard. The, the troll will listen to you talking about your, your plans to blow up this abomination, and uh, Jengatol is going to like spread his shoulders and make big, like. You just wanna. You fight. want to fight him? 
<laughs> Look at you with, with a cocked head like you're insane. <laughs> He's going to motion from inside. I don't know. Buffing. You really need to learn language, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like buffing? Mm-hmm. He's going to point at your barrel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gunpowder. Gun no gunpowder. No, no gunpowder. A little bit of gunpowder. Maybe powder. a little? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he's a little. He's big. The abomination is big. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you say there's not enough gunpowder. Put him inside the abomination. <laughs> <laughs> Two words. Sounds like. Sorry. <laughs> So I think he's saying that no. there's not enough gunpowder to blow up the abomination. <clears throat> right. Okay. Do you have another idea? <clears throat> okay. But the gunpowder's idea. So we're having a horror player's gun. Jane Catal is thinking, <laughs> dang! Abominations are really big. I don't think a cake of gunpowder will do it. I mean, yeah. if it's in the right place. I mean, how much do you know about gunpowder? I don't know a lot about your your silly weapons. I know that we're, abominations no, are massive. We're thinking, yeah, like 170 hit points here. Uh, uh, we're not probably not something that massive, uh, but it's, um, abominations can get pretty big. It's highly crushed. Abominations are like the creature class goes up to like 28. No, I mean, yeah, but we're not fighting a 28th level abomination. Here. Hopefully not. No, this is going to be. A, we're not a dealing with a 28th level abomination here. Hopefully I mean, ignoring numbers and levels aside, just they're physically in, large. I know that an abomination is way bigger than me, and I have no chance. E- like myself and a uh, a hunting pack of raptors can't take an abomination down, right? Okay. So none of us should fight it then. No, we're not going to set up to fight. All of us should fight it. Leaf, mano a mano, you and the abomination. No, I, I meant all of you. <laughs> Leaf is not with us right Actually, now. Actually, like, 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 yeah. the Holy Light is a very good way to get rid of an abomination. Except I'm only a first level priest, actually. I mean, yeah, there's that. <laughs> I have two levels of human, which give me spell casting, but they don't give me suck, turning You're powers. a suck priest. Hey, Leaf, we need you to do us a favor. No questions asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you set about an abomination, you can make up something. Um... Go fight the abomination. Good yeah, luck. try bluffing to the guy with the second wanna, highest spirit in the party. I just want to. <laughs> not bluffing. I just, I just, well, I just want to commune. I want while, while we're while we're sort of thinking, I just want to commune with these with um, the orc spirits that definitely infuse the Brawlgar arena. Yeah, <laughs> and just sort of get a sense for what what the arena is like, like what. What are the opportunities we might have in the arena by talking with? Is, is there is there a, a match going on right now? No. Um, what they have? They have. Go ahead and a spirit check. Uh, the area is kind of like they have a small area sectioned off for potential like breakout matches that anyone might want to have. Um, but there's like crates and stuff piled high, and like people like organizers are having conversations about the next couple of days of events. Um, you know, you can see you can see some of the fighters wandering around. You can see stitches in the very far back, kind of just sitting, and he's this massive abomination. Just like there is a permanent cloud of stink around him because he is an abomination made of several corpses. Um, but eighteen, uh, eighteen, um, and he just kind of like. Sitting there, kind of zoning out and staring off into the far wall. Excuse me, I'll do the hitman thing and look for opportunities. <laughs> uh, so, based 
on your communion with the spirits of the Brawlgar, and there are a number of orc warriors who have spent most of their lives and most of their lives here. Um, This place is uh, it is a place of very frequent combat, and there is a lot of uh, spiritual presence of, of ancient of warriors, not ancient, it's only been around for so long, um, but of of warriors that have died here and lived here and had some of their most glorious moments here. Um, you know that uh, of this place very recently um, there's been a bit of unrest among the spirits, mostly because the goblins that have taken over managing the arena are less fond of fair fights than they are spectacular fights. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more about a spectacle than about an actual test of skill <laughs> in a lot of ways, um, where they will they will rig fights to go the way they want them to because they want to get the biggest thrill out of the audience because I guess people betting and I guess people throwing money around as opposed to just making them fair, straight one-on-one fights that are actually you know tests of skill. They'll hobble, a, they'll hobble a massive monster if they feel like it'll make it look cooler when the smaller person wins. So, with that understanding, I'll pull out one side. We don't have to do anything other than convince the proprietors of this arena that it would be beneficial for Stitches to die. The goblins fix fights all the time. They arrange it so that the correct person loses and the correct person wins. If they see it as financially beneficial, that Stitches loses. But Stitches will lose. So how do you suggest we do this? I look to our goblin. (laughs) So I can go uh, see if we can stage a fight. Um, Try to fix a fight with... uh, like all of us, I guess. No, I think it, can like, oh it can be anybody. It can be it can be literally anyone. So long as they, so long as, so long as they think Stitch is losing, it's beneficial. Yeah. Perhaps um, somebody else. If somebody we, else in there, then someone who can, isn't can, us. Can you beef them up? Yeah. Well, a little bit. I mean, just get, get somebody. Again, again, we don't necessarily need to do anything. If the if the goblins that basically if the goblins that run the place think it's beneficial for Stitches to lose, they'll make sure Stitches loses. Right. We don't have to do anything. We just have to get them in on the idea. Um, okay. How are we gonna sell that? That's, well, my thought is like if we can convince them that you know what would bring in a lot of money, a lot of coin, a lot of cash, oh, yeah. you put a hundred to one odds on Stitches winning right. the next or fight. Mm-hmm. People are gonna. Bet Jump the it. shit on Stitches. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna get a ton of money, and then, you, and then when he loses, you, pop him. <laughs> you only gotta pay out what? A couple of bits of gold? Were we an intelligence roll? <laughs> <laughs> With my 10? That would be far too suspicious. That's a 10. <laughs> you know, a legend that they wouldn't actually have to hobble the abomination too much for him to win. For. You were literally just talking to him earlier today. Oh, Samaro? Oh, shit. Yeah, actually, yes. I would like, actually, another fight. Um, If we were to... I could probably talk to Samaro about it, or they could do it. What does Samaro think of abominations? Um, 
if we were to, if 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 we were to bring in a gladiator to fight the abomination, that would really put on a spectacular show. Uh, would. Okay. We could probably convince them that it would be in their interest for stitches to fail. You have one in mind. I do. My master, Samuro. All right. You, you also know that Samuro is very familiar with doing dirty work for the morning. <laughs> uh, yes, he was there. Okay, he, so he's the one who set the explosives in, in Theramore to take it yeah. away from Dale and Proudmore. If you go talk to the goblins, I will okay, go talk, talk to the goblins. And, and, okay, I'll do that. I will come with you. Very well. You've never met my master. I don't, have I? No, you've not. I don't believe so. Sorry. So, okay. <laughs> Start with you and dealing with dealing with your goblin contact. Okay, so I'm just gonna you know go as I'm wandering around, seeing who who owns, the proprietors are. To which is there a, a group of them? Um, is it, is uh, there's it, a, is a, a there, hang out in a certain office. There's they, there's a there's a pair of goblins in tuxes who are having conversations. Oh, yeah, okay, that looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> the ones in the tuxedos. <clears throat> Hey, nice place you got here. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a it's a goblin male and a goblin female who are uh, mostly um, having the conversation. Okay, um, yeah, what do they talk about? Uh, it's uh, one of them. That's Samuel. The the um, yeah, it's uh, they're both they're both talking about. Um, The uh, the next upcoming fight. The the female is like, you know, if I gotta keep saying these incredibly long names every single time, people are gonna start clocking out of the fights. Like, I know it's a big thing. They like they they like the titles, but the longer the titles get, the more boring it gets. Come on. <laughs> and the other and the other goblin is like, yeah, but the thing is. The titles have history. The more they do, the bigger the titles get. It's how the orcs are, you know. They they, they, they do big things and they kill big things and the titles <laughs> just keep adding up and adding up and they want to hear the latest title. And the other and the girl's like, you know, yeah, but we could toss out some of the older ones so I'm not talking for a full minute introducing these guys. <laughs> you yeah, a nice little place here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And the the uh, the the female turns over. Yeah, what do you want? Just just passing through and looking at uh, the, the your operation here. It looks pretty uh, like, like a pretty uh, substantial uh, potential gain. And uh... <laughs> nobody tries to butter me up like that unless yeah. they got a deal they want to make. What you got, pal? Yeah, well, I'm. Uh... I'm just curious about that that big thing over there. He looks like he, he, he people usually bet on him, don't they? Stitches. Yeah. The mangler of men. The uh, destroyer of demons. The crusher of crabs. I see what you He's mean. He's got a number of titles. <laughs> see what I mean? Well, uh, hey, the you, crusher you, you, of crabs. That wouldn't be difficult. I mean, w- w- wouldn't it be easier for you if you got a you know a bunch of new new blood in here and? You can't kind of get rid of that guy. He wouldn't have a big, long title. He just brings more people in later and <laughs> to fight your future battles. You wouldn't have to. I mean, you wouldn't have to do, introduce this guy anymore if he got bumped off. <laughs> yeah, but hey, go ahead and roll me a diplomacy check. See what you got. There's, all, there's, there's two good ways to appeal to a goblin: money and pettiness. Uh, Nineteen. Nineteen. <laughs> 
Hey, yeah, you're right, but he's one of the big guys. He draws in a lot of money. He's a big name. People love to see Stitches literally pull, pull someone into three pieces. What's he got the third arm for? Is the third yeah. you know, thing to rip someone out from? Let's see. But he, if he's, he's been got here three a while, arms. I only have one. If he's been here a while, I mean, how do people usually place bets on that? You usually give a lot of odds on the uh, on the. Oh, the odds are always on Stitches. Yeah, but I mean, because hardly anybody's going to vote on or bet on the uh, bet on the other, the, the other yeah. your, your other uh, competitors. I was thinking if you got somebody a little more a little tougher, somebody a little more his size to come in, and it would be a little bit. Uh, well, if he didn't look all that tough, and just kind of came in and he, you know just just off the streets and uh, offered to fight that thing, you can see like there's money signs in her eyes <laughs> at this point. Um, all right. Hmm. So do these fights usually involve weapons, or is this usually just a... Oh, yes, yeah, whatever weapons you want to bring in with you. Uh, okay. Um, the, name that, the, the name that I use was Sonoro, right. by the way. But I'm, yeah, I'm not going to give a name. I'm just going to yeah. see that, you know, because he's probably pretty well-known around here, or he might be. And he, he is actually... I'm just, I'm just thinking that, you know, maybe he could come in and, uh, you know, disguise. Hey, uh... <laughs> You think you got somebody? I think I got somebody that can handle him, and uh, you know, we just kind of bring him in and make him look, uh, you know, make him look like an urchin, and just uh, put him out there. Hmm. Iggy, take this down, and she and the the uh, the other goblin like immediately pulls out a, a notebook and a pen. On this day. Boss Basil Flames was struck with the best idea of her career, <laughs> and she was going to make a million bucks out of it. <laughs> what was the name again? Sar- 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 uh, Samaro. Samaro. So, so, so I mentioned the name Samaro, but say you just keep it on the low. Oh, now that's, that's a name I've been hearing. Yeah, he's, he's one of the big fighters. I mean, you know, don't introduce him as Samaro. Introduce him as, uh, you know, um, George Jetson or something. <laughs> <laughs> actually, just the name Samaro actually will draw in a big crowd. I might be able to use that because, okay. I mean, even nobody thinks even one one orc going up against somebody like Stitches. I mean, people might have heard of Samuro, but he's like, he doesn't have a name in the arena. People right. don't know what he can do, okay. but they know who he is. Okay. And everyone will pay big money to see Samuro's first big match in the arena. I think I can, I think I can sell that. If you can get me Samuro. I, I, I can, I'll, I'll see what I can do about getting him over here. If you can get me Samuro, I can get you a match. All right. <laughs> Sounds cool. <laughs> Now's the part where you go about what about my cut? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do about that one when Samuro shows up? I go talk to Samuro. Yeah, so the Let's two of you make your way back yeah. to the. Yeah. I'm, I'm following her. Yeah. You make your way back to the Gorkron barracks. And. Samuro is mostly in personal training at this point. Master. Ah. You return so quickly. I do. I have a <laughs> bit of duty to the horde that I would like to request your assistance of. 
Ah, uh, you say that with a familiar tone. <laughs> it's reminiscent of our days with Hellscree. Ah, uh, I thought those days behind us, but if there is more work to do. In this particular case, I simply require you to earn glory and honor in the Brawlgar arena. Mm, I've not fought in the arena. Has one of the combatants made themselves an enemy of the Horde? They have. The Abomination, the Stitches. He is a traitor. Well, he is puppeteered by traitors. Yes. He's working against us. Mm. I get the scent of the uncrowned in this in this endeavor. This sounds like something they would organize to be rid of. But if they act in the name of the Horde, then they are far wiser than I in the realms of shady dealings. Very well. I will take down this abomination for you. If nothing else... The masters of the arena will have a show on their hands. Indeed. <laughs> if, you, if you would care, I will lead the way. Certainly. And he sort of stands up from where he's been sitting and thinking, and just kind of goes over to one of the one of the racks on the side and pulls his sword off the wall. This massive, like. Um, two-handed full blade, this bigger than a great sword, this massive blade that he kind of puts onto his sheath. And getting a look over him, this is the first time you've seen him, and now that he's standing tall, this orc is tall but lean. Like, he's powerfully built but very compact. Like, all the, all the muscles are very um, functional and not oversized. He's probably... Uh, less broad than most typical orcs that you would see just because of how tall he is, but he probably weighs as much as your average orc. And he's got this long white beard that uh, is tied at the bottom that sort of rests like mid-chest, and a long white braid that stretches. It's just a long braid that goes all the way down the back and rests almost at like waist height. With like a dagger blade on the end, tied it tied in the knot at the end of the braid, uh, and he wears nothing on the chest, um, but he has sort of these long, like flowing red, um, uh, almost like um, uh, what's the name for the like the, hakama? Not hakama. They're like the 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 pants that like they're like ninja pants that sort hakama. of like yeah. No, the, those are the ones that are like open on the bottom. I'm yeah, yeah. The ones that, are, that tie around the tie around. Same the thing, and they're just tied up. Yeah. But like those, um, um, and he has like a, a waist uh, belt on his, which on on the back of which has a holder for a banner, uh, the Sashimono banner that uh, a lot of the blade masters wear. And he sort of grabs the banner and inserts it into the the belt holder and puts the sword on his on his waist. I am ready. Lead the way. I will lead the way back to the arena. And so you, you, the two, the two of you, and and John Tall lead this orc back to the Brawlgar arena, and he enters right as uh, you're heading out to go and fetch them, so... Oh. You've made it. 
Josh, this is Saburo, my master. I was talking to the uh, proprietors of this operation, and they were interested in uh, in allowing you to <laughs> put on a show. <laughs> so I have heard. <laughs> I look forward to doing what I can for the horde. Well, then let us go fi- finalize this, shall we? Yes. Okay, so we go back and I introduce the uh, these two mm. to the, the goblins to Samuro and Samuro to the goblins. Yes, yeah. it, it immediately becomes a conversation of the the female goblin who you gather to be like the primary proprietor of this of the arena, yeah. like trying to get measurements, trying to get um, uh, an idea of like height, weight. Build um, just basically how is she going to announce Samuro for the for for the fight, and okay. they just start going over details. And Samuro is very quiet, very soft spoken. He just like answers questions when asked, and uh, just seems to be ready, getting focused, ready for a fight uh, to come. Uh, and immediately everybody's already in the process after 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 you've given the boss the idea in her head you may wish to go inform your friend that there will be a show in the arena it's a good idea I will yeah. <laughs> so she uh, Shiana goes off to yeah. tell and like as soon, as soon as you got the, the idea in the boss's head she started getting everybody ready and so all the crates are being cleared out the smaller arena is being broken down so they can make full use of the arena um, and everyone is getting set for the big fight that is words already spreading around Orgrimmar. There's already people <laughs> gathering to to see the big fight of the night. The the this the once in a lifetime must see uh, brawl that has been just put together. A fight to the death between Stitches and Samuro, the legend of the Lord. Um, Would you have mentioned the name of? My master? Yeah. Is that something that you would have mentioned? So no. is it something that I would have known? No. Probably not? You okay. might know who Samuro is, though. It might be a fight you want to see. <laughs> I don't know if he's uh, a fight watcher. Really, I'm not really a fight, fight watcher. Eh. So. <laughs> but no, you definitely you definitely hear people shouting about this fight that's about to happen. Yeah. But uh, you, I wouldn't have, I've, I've never mentioned I've never mentioned that my master is Samuro. Okay. And in that It definitely seems to be a big deal going around. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just means the other places of meditation are going to be a bit more, a bit quieter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> even, even, a number, even a number of the shaman are going to see this fight because Samuro is a big name. Um, um, and so you head down to the Cleft of Shadows to go speak with Gordul. Yes, and he's waiting for you in the usual spot. Well, I've heard some stirrings going on upstairs. Yes. Uh, we were able to take care of... What's his name? Rakash? Rakash. We were able to take care of Rakash very easily. Rakashly. Oh. <laughs> uh, there was an unfortunate mishap when he was flying. Ah, good. Good work. We gave him up. Um. <laughs> he was let down. He was let down. <laughs> he ran around and they heard him... Well, his wyvern ran around, and yes, he is de- it was definitely hurting. Um, and we have. Don't think you have time to cry. <laughs> we have arranged a fight. He did. He did have to say goodbye. <laughs> He's trying to talk. I'm gonna start throwing things at people. Um, 
What, just throw it? No, just shoot it. Oh. <laughs> I'm throwing it's it not, for it's a It's not loaded. I thought, oh, is it? No. I'm just... <laughs> 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 it was your father's lightsaber. Huh? <laughs> um. All right. Okay. We so have a... We've arranged a fight between Stitches and what's his name again? Samuro. Samuro. <laughs> Doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> no, the abomination is going to be in for a bad fate. Even like if they that. don't fix it. <laughs> They might fix it slightly in the abomination's favor so it doesn't end in five seconds. <laughs> Hopefully that will take care of Stitches. Oh, I want to see this fight. <laughs> now you've got me interested. <laughs> come watch, oh. that's why we said it. Come watch, they're spreading, spreading the news pretty yeah. well. Here they go, Will. All right, well, I'll see you in a bit. I gotta go get your uh, your payment ready so I can pay you when the fight's over. Thank you. It's also good because then it just looks like you're paying off a bet. Yeah. <laughs> so she'll go back with her. All right. So you got you got the right the, the the fight's being announced for midnight for like the it's fight night time so you got a few hours uh, before, if you want to get anything done before the before the show. Finally, go get Leaf. <laughs> Sorry. Try to invite me to watch your final murder. I mean, you don't know it's our murder, though. Yeah, we, That's we, the we trick. Exactly. Gonna talk to him it's talk the best fight. cover story. Shannon wants to go stop by her home mm-hmm. and check on her parents and see, yeah. see how things are. Uh, I mean, you're... Uh... Uh, your mother is the first one that answers the door shows. Um, uh, you're back again. It's good to see you. Yes. We had some more business here to take care of. Well, it's good that you drop by, even if you're only going to be here for a little bit. Yes, we have to head out in the morning. Uh, Assignment from the war chief. Yes, well, I suppose orders from the war chief aren't to be denied. But I wanted to check on... You all see how you were. Oh well, you know your father's your father being busy is sort of how he copes with people being gone from the house. But it's good to see you. Have you heard from? I'm trying to remember his name, Merrick, right? Uh, your brother. I can't remember his Have name. Have you heard from what's his name? <laughs> my brother. I know it's right there. Merrick. On the tip of my Merrick? tongue. Merrick. It is Merrick. Okay. Have you heard from Merrick at all? Uh, well, his uh, flight survived the cataclysm, so he's still en route to the oh. front lines. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's a different Zeppelin that went down. That's <laughs> So he he and the rest of the Blood Red Legion are still headed straight for the front lines. So. Okay. <laughs> Good for you. Jeez, all these family problems over here. Alright. Good. It's good to know if he's okay. Yes. Still, him being so far from home and off on the front lines is worrying your father and myself, but he'll take care of himself. He always does. He's already dead. 
<laughs> Where's the... <laughs> Firing uncontrollably in there. <laughs> Still, do you want to stay for dinner? Uh, yes. yes. But after that, I'll have to head out. Alright, well, I've got food cooking if you want to wait just a few minutes. I'll have something ready for you. Thank you. I hear there's this fight going down in the arena. Sophomore's <laughs> going to be fighting. So you, you say you have dinner, you have conversation, mm-hmm. and you know, you, after you've had your food, you head out, head back. Anyone else doing anything? I, I, I genuinely go gather leaf. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, eventually, Garrick uh, finds you. Iron Minder. Yes? We've been enjoying your time. It's been uh, interesting trying to look at the city with a fresh perspective of the spirits. How has your communion been going? It's been. Uh, It's been interesting and eventful seeing just a glimpse of this world you, of course, know so well. I, um, I pick up a, 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 bit of, a bit of wood and I start carving while we're talking. Um, is that 20? Yeah. I'm carving a totem. Yeah. Hmm. And what have you learned of the relationship between the spirits and the light? It's something that I've been looking into. I've noticed that places of greater presence, greater importance to the spirits also seem of more importance to the light as well. They're all curious about the light. Whenever I channel the holy light, I feel the spirits of air, I feel their curiosity theirs more than the rest. They are the most curious. They travel from place to place seeking new lands, new sights, new sounds, new smells. They talk the easiest, most freely. The voice from your lungs is the spirit of the air. Then it would only seem natural that they are the first spirits that I've felt the most connection to. Good. I find that there is a division, not among the spirits or the elements, but of our kind's perspectives on the light, the spirits, the blood, the various places people draw power from. I like to imagine it's all more interconnected than we think, though. Yes. I'll finish carving the totem and hand it over. I... Here. I was actually just I was just about to ask, what is the totem? Uh, it's a it is it is basically uh, it's it's it it's a very plain totem right now. It's it's got an orc on one side and a human on the other, and nothing else. <coughs> Take this. What? So how how big is it again? Like, it's not handheld. It's about, <laughs> you know, two feet long. Or not it's long, it's but. sort of like it's a little bigger than like a thermos. Yeah. Okay. And only the bottom is carved. Shamans use totems to represent the spirits, things that have no corporeal form. And this is, and I pull mine out, which is far more decorated. Yeah. And it has, it actually has representations of every horde race on it, 
Um, mm-hmm. No humans, but just like every horde race. Every I would horde, imagine yeah. there would be no humans. Yes. Um, and it's topped, and it's sort of topped with an eagle. As a shaman grows, as their connection to the spirits confirms, and as their knowledge of the realm of spirits grows, they add to their totem. It helps them to grow. It helps them to connect. As you grow, add so to your totem. And I'll strap mine back to my arm. Thank you, Garrick. I'm honored. honored. And if you have any questions of the spirits, feel free to ask. Of course. In the meantime, tonight there will be a fight in the arena. The Brolgar. My master Samuro takes on an abomination. Your master? Hmm. Before I was a shaman, I studied under the Blade Masters and still do. Hmm. Could be an interesting fight to watch. It may provide you a bit more insight into at least one half of that totem. Of course. And against an abomination, I suppose I can put away some of my moral qualms. <laughs> it will be a glorious battle. Lead the way. Oh. I have retrieved leaf. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else have anything to do in the next couple of hours before we uh, Goblin walks into a bar. Yes? <laughs> what you got? And? <laughs> what happens when that goblin walks into a bar? Bing! <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Actually, I walked under a bar. Um, <laughs> uh, just to see what's going on. Um, let's see who's... Uh, what, what kind of people are hanging around. You, you, you walk... You oh! You're oh. <laughs> oh, looking to make some bets. Yeah, you, walk, you, walk into the, you walk into the Shattered Tusk, and you know, there's, there's a handful of people sitting around. There's you know, people talking about the match later tonight. Um... The, uh, the 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 bar matron is sort of serving that we drinks walk away as people from are having conversations with, with, with Josh just like just um, like dragging a bag of party behind him. Like yeah, there's like there's like a, a an orc having a conversation <laughs> with like a tor and a troll and a forsaken. Uh, sort of like they're all like playing a card, like they're all playing a dice game. Actually. They're all playing liar's dice. Okay. Uh, as as they as they have their their idle conversation, you know the orcs like. Yes, Saburo is going to show everyone what the might of the Horde really is. That that Abomination's days are numbered. And the Forsaken's like, please. Abominations are siege machines. They're meant to break walls down. No single orc can take out one of them. And the Torrin is like... And the Torrin... I wouldn't be so sure. They say this Samuro is a legend among the orcs. They say he was instrumental in taking Theramore away from Dalen Proudmore. And you know, this conversation sort of going back and forth as they're all playing dice and you know the the Forsaken's like uh five fours and the orcs like, I call you a liar and you know it's like they all lift they all lift cups and there are five Five, there are six fours, and so it's like, he throws one of his dice away. <laughs> and they go back to another round. Okay, um. <coughs> mm. 
Anything in particular? Yeah, um, trying to get him to put his money where his mouth is. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go up to the. Uh, I'll just walk up to the table and. Uh, hey guys, I uh, overhear this uh, th- th- this this guy saying he thinks his abomination can beat. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sauron? Yeah, and, and uh, Sauron. Yeah. <laughs> and the orc's like, ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, there's it's no a, way. It's absurd. I mean, uh, I looked at uh, look the Forsaken in the eye. Well, wait a minute. I can't see the eye. There's <laughs> <laughs> like glowing red, there's yeah. like glowing yellow uh, dots, basically. Yeah, you want to uh, place a bet on that, would you? Well, a bet on whether I think Stitches is going to wipe the floor with your blade master? Yeah. Sure, I'll take that bet. What kind of numbers are you thinking? Uh, oh, I can't afford right now. <laughs> 21 silver. <laughs> oh, my. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all that he knows you have. Well, no, the rest of my stuff's already been converted to materials and stuff. Yeah, but, I don't he, have a lot but of he doesn't know what you have. He doesn't know what you have. He doesn't know what you have. And you know who's going to win. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, also, we're not here tomorrow, so... Uh. <laughs> These are the best conditions for a goblin. You got a, you got a fixed get, fight. You yeah. can make oh, any yeah, bet right. that sounds reasonable that you think this guy could pay. Okay. Um, 20 to 1. Odds. Okay, uh, 30, uh, 30 gold. See, let's see how much he's actually got. Let's see, what, what, let's see what this guy's job is. It turns out this dude is a banker and he's loaded. I mean, I mean, when you're an alchemist, you make money. He's an alchemist. Yeah. Would you like to hold my totem? I like good odds. Fifty gold. Fifty. Uh, let's see. I think I can come up with that. Let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can, I can do fifty. All right. It's okay. Sure. Now the fifty gold. The, the, our abomination is gonna take out one more of your blade masters. Uh, okay. The quality of it. He extends a bony hand yeah, to shake on it. Okay. I, 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 I don't understand what's happening this time because it doesn't matter. It doesn't have feelings anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright, so you make that bet, and several hours later, everyone's gathering at the Brawlgar Arena to witness this match. Except for the troll who went to bed at a reasonable time. Yeah. Was, what? You know? I don't think the troll went to sleep. Um, and so, you know, this the, the lights are going low. I get the good seats. Yeah. The uh, everyone at like yeah. Gordul has made sure that all of you that are coming have got good seats because yep. you know helping you guys out. Help help me help you. Is Leaf with you? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And he's got a totem. Where are you where are you keeping it? I guess. because um, you see, I keep I basically keep mine wrapped to my bracer, so that it's easy to pull off and use. But his bracer is probably the size of your torso. Yeah. <laughs> I, my totem's also bigger than the totem I made for him, but... I mean, for now, being a tinker priest means that I have lots of pouches lying around. So, I mean, just in a pouch somewhere until I can find a better place for it. So... Probably, like, in a pouch at my side. Yep. 
And as, as the, the time for the fight draws near and idle conversation starts, so, so slowly starts to die down as the lights dim. And then there's just like big spotlight on the main arena and then the spotlight on the uh, the goblin, the goblin woman that runs the, runs the arena as she's sort of like hovering around the stands on a jetpack as, as, as she sort of like flies around the arena sort of announcing alright everybody tonight we have the fight of a lifetime it's not every day we get to have a duel to the death but you know who's coming back out it's Stitches you know what I'm going to do away with most of these titles you know who Stitches is he's the mangler of men and that's the last one you're going to get out of me <laughs> but you know the giant monstrosity of the Forsaken, Stitches, swaying in at God knows too many pounds, <laughs> but standing at 12 feet tall with three arms, four eyes, and one head. It's the abomination. Stitches! And the crowd goes wild as the massive hulking figure of this abomination with like sutures and staples across his body and massive lines of seams where flesh has been sewn or stitched together. And he stomps onto the battlefield with a heavy like shaking of the ground. Just and he just kind of looks at the crowd and just as the arms go up and the crowd starts to cheer. I, I sort of lean over to Garrick. He doesn't have a chance, does he? Who? Stitches? Nice. I nod. None at all. Good. Thank you. <laughs> and his opponent, our first time entry in the Brogar Arena, but I think most of you know his name. He's a legendary warrior among the orcs. They call him. The blade that strikes like lightning. It's a long title, but I like it. <laughs> they call him Samaro. And then there's just this sort of low chant that yeah. starts to go throughout the crowd among the orcs. Samuro. Samuro. And it sort of builds throughout the arena. And then there's just this very... There's this low, like, woodwind instrument vibe that starts to go... That starts to play through the arena, sort of like a, a like uh, sort of an Oriental style of music. Um, as he just kind of like barefoot, just steps into the arena, his blade not even drawn, as he just has his banner uh, flying behind his back. As he just kind of puts one hand, just kind of strokes the the long beard as he looks up at his opponent, and just kind of grins. <laughs> All right, everybody. When Samuro smiles. Death is close behind. All right, everybody. It's time to put your money where your mouth is, because it's time for the big fight. All right, combatants. Get ready to start in three. I put ten gold on someone. Two. Just because, why not? One. And there's a bang noise, and immediately Stitches just charges forward, all three arms flailing with massive hooks and meat cleavers. One arm has like a chain that it tries to launch at Samuro as it brings the meat cleaver down in another motion, and 
similar to what you saw in the training exercise, just that economy of motion that Samuro is known for as the hook flies towards his torso and he just takes a step forward as it passes over one shoulder, hand immediately going to the blade as the cleaver comes down. And in one swift motion as he draws... It cuts, it cuts across the cleaver as it stops. There's a rain of sparks as it draws across and then comes back down and severs the chain on the, on the chain and hook as he steps forward. The other hand from the, from the abomination comes with this carved sickle that comes dashing in and Samuro just steps inside the reach of both and the arms just kind of cross behind him as he brings one blade up and slices across the torso. There's these metal grates that sort of hold in a lot of the abomination's guts and it just severs two of them in one swipe as as the abomination just kind of there's a spill of viscera as gore kind of falls out and the the smell is horrendous but Samuro seems basically unfazed by it as he pushes back against the abomination who is forced to take a step back to get like actually within a reasonable range to fight this this the smaller foe uh, and the, uh, the the fight carries on for a few moments of the abomination trying to strike and Samuro just stepping aside from each of the blows and uh, cutting down the offensive uh, capabilities of this abomination and just making a single strike here and there just one across the arm, one across the legs, just these, these quick, decisive blows that, that ring out in individual motion and then, once again, there's this there's this blur, and there's four Samaros again, similar to what you saw last time, and these mirror images that act in different motion as each of them just kind of takes up a position around, around Stitches uh, as he flails wildly with his three hands, but there are four Samaros. There's not even a chance. What kind of magic is he using there, or what kind of... What is he using there? Uh, make me a spirit check. Spirit check. Nine. It's hard to tell, but there's something of the spirits about it. Um, it's not—it's not a spell per se. He's not a spell caster, but it almost seems like spirits of air are just copying his motion and looking like him, and almost like he's—it's like he's fighting alongside just a handful of air spirits that are mimicking him, basically. I'm going to start sort of extending that general sense to what do the spirits overall sort of look like around this area? Uh, What am I seeing predominantly? It's... The spirits are watching almost like everything else, almost like everyone else is watching. There are spirits of earth beneath, spirits of fire in the torches, spirits of air swirling around the battlefield, spirits of water, mostly on the periphery. Um, and just there's this sensation around Samuro that almost seems like the spirits are following behind his every step as he almost seems to be a channel. You, There's an old saying that you've heard before to describe the Burning Blade to say that the Burning Blade is less a clan and more an elemental force of nature. And you're starting to see it with Samuro as every strike is less a warrior fighting an opponent and more the elements channeling through a siphon. 
Mm-hmm. As you see air in his in his motion and fire in the damage behind it, and earth in his the way that he takes blows, and water in the way that he flows around combat, he is perhaps a conduit for the four elements in combat, and it's it's a mystifying thing to watch from the perspective of someone who can observe the spirits. As the uh, there reaches a point in the climax of this fight after they've been going for what is almost a minute of combat as Stitches does not seem to tire and Samura almost seems to have been toying with him just sort of getting the crowd excited and there reaches a point where there's a simultaneous each of the four Samuros just kind of widen their stance and draw their blade up and bring it around and just hold it in front and there's a flare as the entire length of this full blade is engulfed in fire. And then, just slowly, Samuro begins to build a twisting momentum as he takes uh, one spin, and then another, and then another, and then it begins to build faster and faster until all four of these images are sort of a whirling storm of spinning steel and fire as the the blade storm commences, as all four of these images are just spinning so incredibly fast that it's hard to track, and all you can see is the trail of the flaming blade as it almost forms a small tornado of fire around the orcs, around the, the images of the orcs that are spinning. And it just sort of closes these four tornadoes that sort of spin around the abomination, and there's just a thousand cuts being made as they hack around the outside. One, two, three, four tornadoes just spinning and circling around, almost like uh, if you've seen uh, sort of storms on the sea where four different funnels will touch down and swirl around and slowly merge. This is almost what's happening as he is kind of the swirling blade storms converge on stitches, and then with four massive strikes in sort of an, a cross pattern that almost forms the shape of the orcish rune for death, almost like he is striking that rune into this abomination. These four strikes just cut across, and there's a moment of silence, and the abomination just falls back onto the ground, unmoving. The other three images disappear as Samuro just brings his blade out to the side and the flames extinguish and he sheaths his blade as the cheer goes up and the crowd screams in an uproarious exclamation most some some of some like a large number of like throwing money and and coin purses to the side as they realize they've lost this bet because the odds were stacked heavily in the favor of stitches and several of them most of them orcs uh, cheering in excitement as they as they uh, realize that they that they have won. I and lean over to the rest of them. That's why I'm certain Man Crick's alive. I lean. <laughs> <clears throat> And this is uh, as Samuro just kind of looks to the crowd, particularly at the group of you and Gordul, and notes and seems to spot his eyes linger on Gordul for a second. And he looks at the group of you, especially among the crowd, and bows to the crowd, and proceeds to turn and step off into the into the pits for the for the fighters. And then once again, the goblin is um, floating around on her jetpack again. Now wasn't that a spectacular fight? You're never going to see another fight like that again, especially because Stitches ain't moving. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I move out of my seat right away and look for this guy to make sure I know where he is. (laughs) 
See if I can go collect. Yeah, and you 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 you, you, find, you you like immediately disappear into the crowd, and you find your you find your target, and he he's surly about it, but he pays up. I mean, he gives you your thirty, you gives you your fifty gold. Um, okay. You make an extra fifty gold. Yay! Well, let's go collect our winnings, and I'll. I will, because I, I bet on the fight. I'll, yeah. I will sort of lead Leaf away so that Shiana and Gorduel are alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, after. Um, How much do I get? <laughs> you make. Uh, it was like. Oh it was 10 to 1 odds. You make you make, oh, a, cool. you make 100 gold. Nice. nice. Wait, wouldn't they be paying out the other way? No, it was it, it was ten to one odds against. So every gold yeah. that you bet oh. becomes yeah, ten yeah. gold. Yeah, yeah. If you were betting on Sorrow. but I would think the goblins would want to make more money by having it go the other way. Yeah, because for every one person that is betting for Samaro, there are ten people betting against. Yeah. So they pay out the people. They pay out the people who bet who bet on the underdog because if the underdog wins. They get more money. More, more people bet on a sure thing than on the than on the <laughs> than on the, the underdog. Yeah. Yeah. So even if they're paying out ten to one for him, there's ten people that bet a hundred that bet ten gold in the it, against, and so it, it 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 pays out in the favor of the house. Maybe basically. we're gonna rigor fight better. <laughs> like like this this is how betting odds work, and the house is still making a killing off of this because because the under like an underdog win <clears throat> means that. The vast majority of people who are betting just lost their money, and there's only a handful of people that they have to pay out. It also means right. going forward, they're going to be more people betting on more underdogs who are going to be losing. Yeah. So, ultimately, the house always wins. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so, uh, as as the two of you head off to get to collect your winnings. Um, uh, Gorduel sort of pulls a sack from underneath his seat and hands it to you quietly, and mm-hmm. you open it up, and there is uh, a grand total of two hundred gold pieces. Um, and then he reaches underneath again and pulls out uh, a small dagger. Um, if we can figure out which way this thing is, which is he pulls out a small dagger and hands it to you. This looks like Faker. Uh, this a dagger. This is a transforming dagger. This is a magic dagger that is attuned to a number of different beast potential abilities. It is enchanted to assume a different nature of, of the nature of a different beast each day. I think one of you will find some use out of this weapon on the front lines. I did that as a normal orc voice. That was not at all raspy like he was supposed to be. <laughs> I think one of you will find some use out of this on the front lines. Thank you. And he kind of stands up and disappears into the crowd. Well, Leaf, what did you think? And what did you see? I've sort of been busy just sort of looking over the arena and seeing 
part of after the fight, all the spirits, I assume, begin to sort of disperse. Yeah, basically. As it calms down, it, it, all the spirits just kind of like um, basically yeah, spread across the area and continue to they calm down as well and just kind of. There's always a tr- there's always a wake of spirits though around Samuro. Like he brings the spirits with him, basically, because he sort he seems to sort of act as a conduit for them almost. I can certainly see his power. And a lot of it is uh, little to do with his blade work. That is a part of it. The blade communes with the spirits. Samuro showed me the that there is a different path for orcs. In the second war and in the first, we relied upon our rage, our inborn strength and the influence of the demonic fury imparted upon us by Manoroth. I've seen plenty of it. Samuro fights without rage. He has passion, but not fury. (coughs) Instead, the elements give him strength and his connection to the spirits, as as does uh, former warchief Thrall. Hmm. That is why I'm a shaman. And why I study the blade. He's sort of absorbing all of uh, all of it. I have seen much of what the orcish rage can do to its own kind, and I'd rather avoid it if possible. Yes, it's uh can certainly be destructive if misused. Well, we have duties to attend to in the morning. What time are we heading out? With the sun, I believe. Excellent. You were told to meet back at... You were given the instruction to meet back at Grommash Hold in the morning. Yep. With the sunrise. Best to get our rest, then. Indeed. I will head off to the inn. I will wait for Shiana to give you up money and then go to the end. Yeah, Shiana will give you 50 gold. And she'll give you 50 gold. Okay. And the troll's asleep, isn't he? Yeah, the troll also doesn't really handle money. Yeah. She's gonna put 50 gold, a pouch with 50 gold next to him when he's asleep. Uh-huh. Well, he's just going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not food. He's not going to eat might, it. You might want to hold on to gold for him yeah, whenever he needs it or something. Yeah. yeah, she'll hold on to it then. Yeah. Just set 50, just gold, just set 50 gold aside as the Jangatal Lund. Actually, is there, um... Uh, can I get a shield? How much are shields? How much is a good shield? There's the equipment page in this book. You can justify all of these earnings as just Winning the bats. Yep. Um, of course. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm gonna go spend twenty gold on a he- on a heavy steel shield. All right. You sure you want to get a steel shield? It's not for me. Yeah. You sure you want to pick a steel one? Huh. Okay. Fine. What kind of shield would you like? Heavy wood. Jean Well, actually, well, given that he worked with a wooden one, 
Yeah, heavy wooden shield would probably be where you want to get. Sure, I'll get a heavy wooden shield then. Same thing, just cheaper. Yeah, I got a heavy wooden shield. Also, it can be set on fire, but that's a, that's something for John and Tall to worry about. Yeah, that's something for John and Tall to worry about, not me. Generally, the troll should avoid fire just overall, so... It's true. It does turn off his regeneration. So now it just turns off his defenses, too. <laughs> yeah. And then in the morning when we gather together, I will just hold out the shield towards Jean Gattel. Does he take it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're giving Jean Gattel a heavy wooden shield. Yep. You have a better shield now. Congratulations. So you... And so you, you head out... Um, <clears throat> You head out to the uh, the Gromash Hold. Yep. Um, and so you are met there with uh, Overlord Sarfang, who uh, greets you all. Ah, it's good to see you're all back. I hope you had a good rest. Ooh. Rest was good, especially after the fight last night. <laughs> yes, that was an impressive show. <laughs> Heard it was... An important fight for everyone in the city, he says, looking at Shiona. <laughs> Everybody knows but you. <laughs> I mean, finally. I, I, I think I. Can I get anything more out of that sense motive? I mean, you me a sense motive, yeah. I mean, just to see if I can. Sp- I'm, I rolled a 22 to hold my face still. <laughs> 26. Oh, wow. Mm. Do I see specifically any hints of um, specifically underhanded dealings? Because I don't know if this is, you just did something horrible, or this is just some inside joke I'm not part of. Uh, he carries it off with the air of an inside joke. Okay. Um, but this guy is also... A veteran orc. Like, his hair is gray and turning white, and he still seems like he's built ready for a fight any day, any day now, but this man probably has the veterancy to the point where dirty dealings are an inside joke to him, so you can't really tell. She just remains stone-faced. I shoot an inquisitive look. Just... Briefly, though. She'll shoot a look back at you. It won't be inquisitive. <laughs> all right. Well, you've all been given a direction, and you've got a general to escort to Desolation Hold. You're all going by Zeppelin this time, so have fun. Who are we escorting? Well, Warlord Bloodhilt, and the uh, out from out from Gromash Hold comes. A uh, an orc of tall and imposing build, wearing the armor of the Corcron, um, the sort of the the black and gold trimmed heavy plate mail. Except the black has been tinted red, um, and he he has sort of his his sort of like dark black hair is styled into like a a, a heavy mohawk that sort of parts at the top around the around the head, and he it sort of curves back, and he's got this heavy twin braided beard that sort of reaches down to like mid-chest, and he carries 
on it, at its side this heavy iron maul with like spikes across the top and back of it. And he sort of moves with this heavy, imposing gait. <laughs> All right. Let's go show some pansies the meaning of victory or death. And that's where we're going to end for the evening. <sighs> Say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, Farewell. Goodbye.